Have your kids enjoyed a leisurely summer of flexibility and sleeping in, and now you're dreading the battle of waking up? I mean, waking them up. Are you looking for ways to make the transition from summertime fun to back to school as conflict-free and smooth as possible? As if that was a thing. Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Before we get started on today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. I read something online recently that really pricked my heart. It said, the church should handle adoption and caring for the fatherless like we handle the Great Commission. While not everyone is called to adopt, everyone does play a role in caring for the fatherless. Friends, this is why Ginger and I are thrilled to share more about our sponsor, Lifeline Children's Services. Lifeline believes that adoption is one way that God provides families for vulnerable children who need to know the love of Christ and the love of a family. They walk with foster and adoptive families and provide them with parent coaching, educational services, and professional counseling so they can better nurture and disciple their children. Whether you're a foster or adoptive family who could use support services, or if, like my family, you want to support those who have opened their homes to these precious children, you can find out more at lifelinechild.org. Again, that's lifelinechild.org. Lifeline brings gospel hope to vulnerable children. Well, hey there, Ginger. I'm excited to be back to our regular routine after a month of Q&A fun. And interestingly, today's episode is all about getting back into routines. So tell us what you have in store for us today. Well, I have two tips today for getting back into the routine and breaking some of those bad habits that kids sometimes have a tendency to fall into. And us. (laughs) Yes, exactly. One of the greatest things about summer is that kids don't have to get up so early for school, but after the luxury of sleeping later during those summer months, it can be hard for kids to get out of that habit. So for many kids, getting them out of bed in the mornings becomes a real battle once it's time to start the school year again. You know, it's so funny, Katie, because I think we spend the first five years of their lives trying to keep them in bed, and then once they become that school age, it seems like we can't keep them out of it. That is the truth. (laughs) Or at least that's how it was with mine anyway. Obviously, we all know uh, that making sure that they get to bed at a reasonable time at night is, that's just a given, and that that can certainly help make mornings a little bit easier. But What about those kids that even if they do go to bed early, it's still a frustrating and never-ending battle to get them up and going in the mornings for school? Ginger, some of my most vivid childhood memories, I don't have many because I have a terrible memory, but I remember my parents standing at the bottom of the stairs and yelling for me to wake up. And there were so many times where I then dreamed I was getting ready for school only to wake up again to my mom very sweetly saying, "Uh, sweetheart, you missed the bus again. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Anybody who knows my mom will get a kick out of that. No, um, it wasn't super gentle and she wasn't very happy with my ability to wake up in the mornings. Uh, My brother one time said, 
I don't wake up in the morning and think, I wonder how mom feels about me today. Um, and that's why we love her because she's honest and hilarious. Um, anyway, I think lack of sleep was one of the most difficult aspects of going to school for me. That's why, you know, I allow our kids to sleep as long as they need to in the mornings, even on school days. Oh, wow. You know, and that is one of the beauties of homeschooling because you don't have to get up so early. Exactly. But Katie, my kids would have slept all day had I let them sleep as late as they wanted to. My kids were like me. They didn't just sleep. They, they hibernated. Well, maybe once they're teenagers, we'll have a different situation, but mine still wake up long before I do. Oh, wow. That's that's <laughs> encouraging. Yeah, mine yeah. were definitely not. You know, I grew up going to school, and I was actually pretty good about getting up and getting ready during the week, but weekends whole different story for me. I was like a bear in a cave in Mm -hmm. the dead of winter on weekends, which drove my mama crazy because there is not a lazy bone in that woman's body. I remember sleeping until afternoon on Saturdays. And after mama had banged on my door all morning for hours, she would start at like eight o'clock. She'd finally come in with a vacuum cleaner. (laughs) It was her last ditch effort, which by the way, usually works. So quick tip of the day comes from my mama. If all else fails, just bring in the vacuum cleaner. Works every time. I don't know if that would have worked for me. I probably would have slept through it. <laughs> you are a pretty, you are a dead sleeper. Yes, yes. I'm a you, sound you don't sleeper. move. You, you don't, I, I noticed you don't even turn over. You're just like, you hibernate. That's it. Well, my <laughs> husband has a Fitbit that measures his sleep. And at one time I did as well. And when we would look at his Fitbit the next morning and his looked like a heartbeat where it was up and down and up and down. Mine looked like I flatlined for about <laughs> nine hours, like did not move I believe for it. nine hours. I totally believe it. And you know, Katie, your kids must have been a little bit better than mine because um, if you're able to let them sleep as late as they want, I mean, that that's crazy yeah, for the ages great. that your kids are. My kids, I'm telling you, they would have uh, completely be- become nocturnal if I would have done that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, mine are dragging me out of bed. They're jumping in bed with me like, are you going to get up? It's <laughs> that's a different trying to wake the mama. <laughs> but, you know, whatever our rules are... Um, about what time we get our kids up, let me just say that we're not doing them any favors by constantly hounding them to get up. Because when we do that, we're hindering them from learning to be accountable and responsible to govern their own lives and their own time. Yeah. You know, I don't blame my parents for that, Ginger, but I still have not figured out this whole sleep thing. Um, I spent all of my childhood and most of my adult life fighting my own exhaustion and laziness in the mornings. It's a struggle. Mm, Yeah, well, same here. I love to sleep and I still actually, I mean, I'm 52, but I still go through phases of life where oversleeping and sleeping too late in the mornings, you know, is just part of my routine. Mm. But it's good for us to keep in mind that sleep is just like anything else. A moderate amount is good for us but overindulgence is not. Mm. Sleep is a blessing that we certainly need in our lives and that we can appreciate when we enjoy it the way God intends, but it can can also become a curse that works against us if we start abusing it. Mm. Proverbs 10.4 says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Another verse is Proverbs 26.14, which compares someone who overindulges in sleep to the point of being lazy with the unproductiveness of a hinged door. That verse says, as a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. (laughs) There are actually quite a few verses that talk about how laziness isn't beneficial and how it can lead to some pretty steep consequences. Proverbs 24, 33 and 34 says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. 
And you know what? Laziness, I don't think it necessarily starts when we're adults. I'm a pretty firm believer that laziness starts when we're kids. I've said it before, but parents are often responsible for the habits of their children. So are we teaching our children to be lazy and unproductive, or are we teaching them to be diligent and to use their time wisely? Are we teaching them that a lack of effort still gets them everything they want? Or are we teaching them to reap the fruit of their labor and to enjoy the benefits of productive living? Allowing kids to be lazy is probably one of the key components that lead them into a false sense of entitlement, which we see a lot in kids today. Oh, great. I'm already convicted. And we're only, (laughs) what, seven minutes in? (laughs) I think we're eight. You're good. Okay. (laughs) So so we want to teach them at at a young age to take responsibility for the time they have and to make wise use of it. I love the example that the Lord gives us in Proverbs 26, verses six and seven of the ant, who without being told, governs its own actions and reaps the rewards of it. Those verses say, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores up provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. What a great example that the ant gives us. So back to kids who struggle with getting out of bed at a reasonable time. When mine were struggling with this and I wanted them to take responsibility of getting up themselves without being told, here's what I did. Because this was a huge struggle for my kids. So I totally turned the tables on them. I took both of my kids to Walmart and I allowed them to pick out their own alarm clock. And then I completely blew their minds. I said, all right, from now on, I am not going to nag you guys to get up in the mornings. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to say one word. I'm actually going to give you guys the freedom to decide what time you get up. I'm going to let you set your own clocks to whatever time works for you. And that's just how we're going to do it from here on out. Katie, if you could have seen the look on their faces, you would have thought it was Christmas morning. (laughs) And then I dropped the bomb. Now, I homeschooled my kids, so it was just a matter of them really being up and ready to start their school assignments at a reasonable time, which for us during most seasons was 9 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it was 9.30, but typically 9 o'clock was pretty much our given time to get started on those school assignments. So here's what I told them. I said, so this is your new freedom. And with your new freedom, there also comes a few responsibilities. And I explained that, yes, they could get up with whatever time they wanted, but I expected them to be dressed and finished with breakfast and working on school assignments by nine o'clock. And I explained that if they did not meet those requirements, they would lose the freedom of TV or video games or whatever it is that they wanted to do that night. And for kids today, I'd also recommend, you know, maybe even throwing in losing the freedom to get on their phones and social media if they normally have access to those things. So in our home, each morning, the choice was theirs. If they chose to be responsible in the mornings, they got to enjoy those freedoms at night. If they chose to not be responsible in the mornings, they lost those freedoms at night. So there was no nagging, no threatening, no arguing. It was just plain and simple choices. And let me tell you something, it made all the difference. Morning in our homes became so much more peaceful. And it also worked the same with my stepsons uh, who actually went to public school. It was such a battle to get them out of bed and in the car so that we could get them to school on time. So we did the same thing with them. We stopped nagging and we put that responsibility on them. If they chose to be late, 
the consequences for them. It was a little bit different because they went to school. There was uh, actually the natural consequences of detention hall after school, which oh, I remember no. those days. I those actually served some detention hall myself, and that is <laughs> not any, but we won't go there. Same because so, I overslept every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, and for us, it was the same with getting dressed and, and getting ready for church on Sundays. Mm. One of our kids, I won't say which one, was making us late for church every Sunday. It was a constant fight to get him out of bed. And when he did finally get up, he would move like a turtle. (laughs) And so there was more nagging for him to take a shower and then to get him in the car on time. And it was making Sunday mornings miserable. Well, let's just say that our Sunday mornings didn't make for very good prep for a worshipful experience. (laughs) In fact, I'd say that we all needed to repent by the time we rolled into the (laughs) church parking lot, and certainly before we walked into church with big smiles on our faces. Oh, man. So we sat that child down, and we explained that we were going to be stepping out of the role of governing his time for him, Mm. and that we felt like he was old enough and mature enough to take responsibility for himself in his own time. And so we made it very clear that we were passing that freedom on to him, and that he could set his clock for whatever time he wanted. He could get up whatever time he wanted. And then we explained that if he was not responsible with his new freedom and that if he wasn't in the car by 920, I mean, if he wanted to get up at 910, that was fine as long as he was in the car. Total freedom there to get get up whatever time he wanted. But if he wasn't in the car by 920, we would be leaving without him. So we made that very clear. Well, the very next Sunday, guess who was still in the shower at 920? <laughs> and guess who was in for a rude awakening when he got out of the shower and realized that we had left without him. And then oh, we actually meant what wow. we said. You know, we need to say what we mean and mean what we say. And so we did. And, you know, it was also during a phase of life when we were uh, taking all of our kids out for lunch every Sunday after church, which was um, something that this particular child really looked forward to. So not only did he miss church, but he missed getting to go out to lunch with all of us. And let me tell you, that was the first and last Sunday that that kid wasn't in the car at 920. Wow. So I'm guessing this was an age when he was old enough to be left home alone. Yeah. Okay. So you wouldn't do this with a elementary no. school child. Okay. No, no, no. You need Just, to make sure that they're old enough and, and responsible enough, right. mature enough. Yeah, all that. This kid had a phone too. So if anything went wrong, he could there give us a call, which we definitely kept, you know, a check on that because right. we knew he was going to get away. What? You left me. He's blowing up our phone <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, silence. <laughs> Send him pictures of your food from lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, Ginger, that story made me think about an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. You know I love that show. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it hasn't been on the air for more than 15 years, but it is still one of my favorites because the writing and the acting are just so great. And I love it when a show mirrors everyday life, and that one does a lot. Well, there's one episode where Ray, the husband, leaves for an important event without his wife because she wasn't ready in time. And so he just left (laughs) without even telling her. You know, I doubt many husbands are dumb enough to pull a stunt like that, but I bet many of them would like to from time to time. I'm sure. Yeah, well, come to find out she was late because she got a curling iron stuck in her hair. It is is such a funny (laughs) episode because this is no doubt a battle for many parents and even married couples. Yeah, that's a good episode. I love that show too, Katie. But to any husbands who might be listening out there, I definitely wouldn't recommend that you follow (laughs) Ray Barone's example of leaving your wife. (laughs) However, if you do, please write in. We'd love to know how that turns out for you. (laughs) Yeah, write to us from your hospital bed, please. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. 
So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. <laughs> and he said, well, I never noticed that before. <laughs> And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's word in your heart, go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. One of our most hilarious church moments happened before COVID. You know, back when we were allowed to sit next to people. Well, my son had brought his favorite Lightning McQueen car with him that particular Sunday. We were sitting in the middle of our very large church, so literally thousands of people, when suddenly lightning hit the floor and he rolled and he rolled and he rolled all the way to the front of the church. And then some amazing person at the front, probably a dad, just picked up the car and without even looking back, he just passed it over his shoulder to the row behind him. And that person passed it back and back all the way until lightning was returned and my face was pretty much as red as that car. That story is one of the main reasons I'm so excited to share more about our sponsor, Not Consumed. Not Consumed is a family-owned ministry with dozens of products to help you and your family grow in faith. Their Bible studies for kids and families are amazing and so helpful. I love the one entitled My Brother's Keeper, but my favorite product is the Sermon Notebook. I just love that this is a way for our kids, as young as four years old even, to stay engaged with the sermon rather than distracting the entire church. To find out more about Not Consumed Ministries' incredible catalog of products and to download their free family Bible study, just visit notconsumed.com slash ginger. Again, that's notconsumed.com slash ginger. I think the American perception of tardiness is that it's always rude, uh, but we learned that punctuality can sometimes be a cultural thing. So I read an article recently on the Desiring God website that reminded me of this, um, my husband and I, you know, lived in Britain for a while, and we realized that inviting our British friends to dinner meant that they would show up about 30 minutes or so after the time we had told them. It was just a thing mm. over there. Um, but if we want our children to have good jobs and to keep them, they need to learn the art of punctuality from a young age. I do my best to arrive 10 to 15 minutes early to almost everything. However, there is something about being on time for church on Sundays that seems nearly impossible. We call it Satan or lack of planning or Saturday night TV binging, but it is like <laughs> pulling teeth to get our family to church on time. And then by the time we get there, like you said, Ginger, we're at each other's throats. So, you know, it's crazy that I feel like we can be on time for almost anything except for church. And as I was preparing for this episode, I was convicted by this. You know, we as parents need to train our children that love isn't rude. And when we come into church, once it has already started, and if we do so for no good reason, especially, well, then we aren't showing respect or love toward our fellow church members and the worship leaders. So I love that when your children reach an age where they can be accountable for this, we make them accountable for it. So Ginger, you know, we said not elementary school necessarily, but what age were your kids when you started making them responsible for being on time? 
Well, you know, I don't really remember the exact age. I mean, I wouldn't leave them at home when they were in elementary school, obviously. Mm-hmm. But as far as helping them to be responsible for their own time, um, it was soon after they learned to tell time and okay. were able to understand that you need to be in the car by 920 means you need to be in the car by 920. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they were able to grasp that concept and time uh, and, and the ability to read a clock. And so I might not leave them. Well, I wouldn't leave them at home when they were that little, but there might be other consequences uh, for when they were not responsible with their time. Gotcha. But really, even before that, even with younger children who can't tell time yet, uh, we could use just a, a, a kid-friendly timer, one that can be set and that the child can actually see it count down the minutes. You know, we mentioned a few episodes back that I have some really cute, easy-to-use timers for kids available on my website. I have different colored ladybugs and a variety of farm animals to choose from. So if you're listening to us in this episode and you're thinking that, you know, setting a timer for your children uh, is something you'd like to do, it's a new concept for you, you've never tried that before and you would like to try it, a fun way to get this training started on a positive note, a fun positive note might be to go to my website, gingerhubbard.com and let your child pick out a timer that they like and then just go over this new plan about teaching them to be responsible for their time and get that training uh, started on the right foot. I love that. Okay, so first tip uh, was to help us and our kids get back into a routine of waking up in the mornings. So Ginger, what is your second tip? Well, I remember a season when my son Wesley got into the really bad habit of spending way too much time playing video games. When he was younger, he was he was much more into playing games than watching TV. So over the summer, I allowed him an hour and a half of video game time each day, which I think is more than fair, probably overly fair. Most parents probably say that an hour and a half is, is way too much time. But it was summer, and I tended to be a little bit more relaxed with stuff like that during the summer. But what was happening is he would get busy playing his game and lose track of time, and then I would get busy with other things. And I would lose track of how much time he was playing his game. And before I knew it, Katie, there were days that he was playing for several hours. And I just knew that that was not healthy. So I wound up creating a log sheet that I kept right beside his PlayStation, uh, which I'm sure by now, as fast as technology is moving, I would imagine that PlayStations are I don't know. They're probably considered antiques by now. Are those things even still around? (laughs) Honestly, Ginger, I do not have a clue. Uh, I've never been a fan of video games for me or my kids. And I actually have this weird problem when I play video games. I get so tense and so worked up that I scream and, um, and I say things I would never say otherwise. (laughs) I remember early in our marriage, Brian and I uh, went to some friend's house to play video games and I had to call them after we left to apologize for my behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I mean, we weren't even playing Call of Duty or anything violent either. It was just some stupid game, no more stressful than like Mario Kart. Uh, But it just set my nerves on edge. Um, So I'm pretty sure that was the last time I played video games. What's funny though, this is totally off track, but I felt the same way about hide and seek as a child. I hated being chased. So I just, I guess I have a um, some things I need to talk to my yeah, therapist about. Yeah. Or maybe like, find a therapist. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't like being chased either. I didn't like Mm-mm. being tickled. Do not hold no, me down. Same. No. Yeah. Same. You know, I've got the hotel phobia too. If y'all don't, if you didn't oh, get to yeah. see all that craziness, check out my Instagram account. Yep. I'll have a highlight on there called Traveling with G, where Ginger and I essentially make fun of each other the entire weekend. <laughs> she makes fun of my germ issues and I make fun of her eating habits, and it's just quality entertainment. <laughs> anyway, I got us way off track. Tell us more about that log sheet. That sounds like something our listeners who do let their kids play video games or, you know, any other type of digital device, they might Mm -hmm. want to implement something like Mm -hmm. that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the log sheet, uh, again, you ought to set that right beside his PlayStation. And I just simply had him write down what time he started and what time he stopped. And I actually gave him the freedom to choose when and how long he played as long as he didn't go over that hour and a half time that I had allotted mm-hmm. each day. So in other words, he could play for an hour and a half straight if he wanted to, or he could break it up into 45 minutes twice a day or, you know, really just however he wanted to do it. That way he had some freedom and some choices while still staying accountable for his time and learning to not overindulge in those mm-hmm. things. And I'll be honest, you know, it was it was a while. It was over a summer when I realized he was playing way too many video games. And, and even his attention span, I started noticing a difference in his attention span. And so that's when I really cracked down and I mm-hmm. thought, you know, this is just not good. He's playing, he's playing too much. And so the log sheet, um, that was just a really great way to hold him accountable for how much time he was actually playing. And, you know, if he was not responsible or he forgot, you know, <laughs> that excuse word that, that we get there all the time, I forgot. Every child's favorite excuse. Oh, yeah, forgot. To write down his times, if he forgot to do that on the log sheet, then simple. He lost the freedom to play the next day. So yeah, that's just re- how it worked. It was great. They remember a lot better when they start oh, losing yeah. privileges. Suddenly, suddenly they yeah. don't forget things. Mm-hmm. That's such a great idea. I might have to start doing that with our kids' chores in the morning um, when they've completed their entire chore list and not forgotten anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they need to sign off that it was done. And if they don't fully complete the list, uh, you know, they lose some privilege. You know, we don't do video games though. So I'd have to think of what that could be. Side note, Ginger, I have a hard time choosing consequences when they are things that are good for our kids. So our kids love listening to audiobooks. They listen for hours, usually a day. And so I hate to withhold something that is mm-hmm. so good for their development as punishment. But honestly, I can't think of anything else to take away sometimes. In addition to that, I'm not great about keeping a consistent routine in our home. So it's not like we do dessert every week or, you know, it's just mm-hmm. there aren't many things like that that we repeat often enough for them to be missed when the kids don't get to do it. So do you have any advice on that? Well, yeah, um, you know, my kids were pretty consistent with either wanting to watch a show or play a game at night. So that was super easy for me. But yeah, so that makes it a little bit harder for you, Katie, since usually yours are wanting to do stuff that are actually productive and actually Mm -hmm. good for them. So maybe with yours, there could be um, just the consequence of them losing the freedom to do whatever it is they want to do that night just for a certain amount of time, especially mm. if it's a good thing that they're wanting to do. Maybe not, you know, have that consequence the whole night. You would just maybe not as get to do it as long as they would want. So maybe just having a lot of time where they lose the freedom to choose. In other words, for one hour that night or for two hours that night, whatever you think is reasonable, you choose what they do. So mm. say from six to eight every night, instead of having the freedom to do whatever they want, you give them an assignment, like a chore that needs doing, which, Ooh. you know, you should like that because that's sort of a two birds with one stone kind of thing. <laughs> yes, that is a great idea. So they get to clean up after dinner instead of, mm. you know, taking their time in the bath or listening to a book or whatever. I love that. Yeah, that's dish genius. duty. That's a good one. Yes. See, that's going to benefit everybody. Thank you for that. <laughs> so, but the point is that no matter what method you use, we want our children to learn that there are consequences for being irresponsible and rewards for being responsible. Also, when we take a little time to set plans like this in motion, like telling them what time they need to be ready to start school or in the car or having them hold themselves accountable for how much time they're spending watching TV or playing video games or whatever it is that they enjoy enjoy doing in their leisure time. 
and then trusting them with that responsibility rather than nagging them to death. That's how we teach our kids to become less dependent on us. We want our children to grow in wisdom and maturity and to learn how to govern their own behavior and to govern their own time. Our goal is to raise responsible, mature, hardworking adults who honor Jesus with their lives. So in age-appropriate ways, we want to give our kids freedoms and choices, but we want to do that in a way that they learn to be accountable and responsible to govern those freedoms and choices wisely. Also, when we start the new school year by giving our kids the freedom to take responsibility for themselves and the freedom to govern their own time, that actually changes our position from being a nagging negative mom (laughs) to being an encouraging supportive mom. We're respecting their maturity level when we give them the freedom to govern their own lives. And in doing that, we're encouraging them to grow in wisdom Mm -hmm. and we're preparing them and equipping them for adulthood. Now, let's never lose sight of our primary purpose in parenting, which is to point our children to their need for Jesus and encourage them uh, to seek Him and to honor Him in everything they do. And so, yes, in this episode, we've definitely given you guys some practical tips for helping children break bad habits and to learn to be responsible for themselves. But let's also keep in the forefront of our minds and remind our children to do the same, that when we trust in the Lord and seek to honor and submit our lives to Him, He straightens our crooked paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Now is the part of our show where we will give a quick tip for parents. This is one of my favorite parts of the show because it reminds us that parenting isn't meant to be done alone. If the coronavirus has taught us anything, it's that we weren't meant to live in isolation. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Elena in Kansas. Ginger and I got to meet Elena that weekend we spent at a conference and making fun of each other. Hi, Elena. Hi, <laughs> it was nice Elena. to meet you there. I remember meeting yes, Elena. Yeah, she's she had so a good sweet. one. Well, so Elena's tip is one that would have saved me a lot of money and disappointed children. I stopped allowing my kids to bring slime into our home because they kept getting it in the carpet or in their clothes. And I have a, a child who really needs that tactile Mm -hmm. But I couldn't do it with the slime. It just killed me. (laughs) Um, You just can't get it out of clothes and carpet and stuff like that. Well, Elena said she found the solution for how to remove slime from carpet and fabrics. She covers the area with vinegar and then uses a brush. I think that's what she said is some sort of brush to scrape up the big pieces and just to apply and reapply. Now, my caution here is to be careful with undiluted vinegar on something like your grandmother's expensive Persian rug or something. (laughs) Yeah, probably not a good idea. (laughs) I would test an inconspicuous area first, but I was excited by this tip. Mm -hmm. I just can't tell you how many tears were shed in our home because mean old mom tossed the slime in the trash again. (laughs) I just hate the feel of it too. Like it Mm -hmm. grosses me. It is gross. It is. I don't know why kids like it so much, but they do. And honestly, it's developmentally good for them in a lot of ways. So um, now I can allow my daughter to have it back in the Mm -hmm. house. So thank you for that, Elena. If you have a quick tip for our show, we'd love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something to do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights, anything at all. We'd love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Okay, Ginger, can you leave us with a final word of encouragement, please? 
Yes, I'd be happy to do that. But first, I want to remind our listeners about the Instagram giveaway oh, that's right. that we have going on right now. If you guys will remember, we promised a huge giveaway of all of my products in celebration of Yay. finishing up our July Q&A episode. So as promised, we're giving away a whole bundle, which includes all of my books and study guides, my three-session audio series on reaching the heart of your child in both DVD and digital formats, as well as a copy of my Wise Words for Moms chart. And so my Instagram is at ginger.hubbard for that giveaway. So if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while now and trying to decide which of Ginger's resources to order, now is your chance to win all of them. So just hop on over to Ginger's Instagram account. That's at ginger.hubbard to enter. All right. So final word of encouragement. Whether we're starting a new homeschooling year or a new going to school year, let's encourage our kids to take responsibility for themselves and to make wise use of their time and to seek to give God all the glory as they do it. And I'm fully aware that kids don't always want to listen to and heed the counsel of their parents' instructions, but let's remind them that it's actually for their own good. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you will be wise. So talk to them about that verse and pray that God would open their hearts to understanding so that they will cling to the truth of His Word. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, could you please leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents like you can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. If you have a parenting question, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode, like those cute little timers. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Once upon a time, there was a homeschooling mom named Shoparella who had a problem. She loved buying shiny new books, all the books, and she especially loved buying new curricula for her mice. This isn't a perfect analogy, but just hang with me. Unfortunately, she sometimes spent money on books and curricula that just didn't fit. Kind of like trying to shove a glass slipper on her stepsister's janky feet. But what Shoparella really needed was a team of fairy curriculum consultants named Janice, Deanne, Sarah, Gina, Ruth, and Judy. Yes, these are their real names. To help her make good curriculum choices. Thankfully, Shoparella found Rainbow Resource Center. Rainbow Resource Center is a family-owned business serving the homeschool community since 1989. Basically, they've been around since uh, Shoparella was very, very young. Even if you don't homeschool, Rainbow Resource Center is a wonderful place to get educational gifts for kids of all ages. You can sort their huge catalog of resources by grade and by subject to get the best educational products for your family. But hurry, because on the stroke of 12, everything will be as it was before. 
meaning you can get their great prices all day, every day at rainbowresource.com. Again, that's rainbowresource.com and get free shipping on orders over $50 and live happily ever after the delivery truck arrives.